Hi everyone. Wasn't last Sunday just absolutely awesome? I mean, I was blown away as we came together. The enthusiasm that came from everybody. I thought, well, will cars come past? It was incredible. And we caused the traffic jam. It was just so fantastic to see everyone coming together to celebrate our birthday. And today is going to be a powerful day because wherever you are online, you have an opportunity to sow into what God is doing. You can go to our website and market miracle offering and we believe with all our heart that God will bless you for it. So if you're ready for God's word today, say it like you mean it. My heart's open, my mind's ready, and I won't be the same again in Jesus' name. Now, if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to Mark 14, because I'm reading from Mark 14, reading from verse 3. And it says this, While he, Jesus, was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume. Made of pure nard. She broke her jaw. Somebody say wherever you're sitting, she broke it. She broke her jaw and poured the perfume on his head. Jesus is in the town of Bethany, the hometown of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus, who are his close, very close friends. And while he's reclining, a woman comes in and gives a very extravagant gift. And we don't know her name. But from the other Gospels, we get an understanding of her. And I want to talk about the gift that she's given. Because this giving season isn't really about money as much as it is about increasing our faith. And during this lockdown, we are determined not to end the year on a down. But we're going to increase our faith to a new level. And so uh, we want to do that as we get ready to go into another year. And how many of you know how you leave one thing determines how you enter another. How you end one relationship determines how you're going to go into the next relationship. How you leave one job determines how you're going to go to the next job. If you leave one relationship bitter, expect bitterness to follow you into the next one. If you leave with unforgiveness, expect unforgiveness to follow you. If you leave one year with a little bit of faith, expect a little bit of faith to follow you into the next year. But if you're bound and determined to increase your faith, if you say, I want to increase my faith at the end of this year, expect increased faith to follow you into the next year. And so I want to point out some things about her gift. And number one, her gift was intentional. Did you hear that? Her gift was intentional. She had an intentional gift. And my heart is that you will get this into your spirit today. That this is not just some message, another message that you, that you can click your religious box. No. She brought a gift that was intentional. And the Bible says she brought a very expensive jar of perfume. And we see later in the text that this particular perfume cost a little more than a year's wages. Think of your year's wages. Add something to it, and that was the value of the jar of perfume that she brought. I mean, come on, that's a lot of money. This, this wasn't the perfume that you sprayed on to go to work. This was the perfume you put on when your husband comes home and says, hey, hey, I've got some flowers and a dinner reservation. This was for very special occasions. This was special occasion perfume. She didn't just carry this around in her handbag with her. It wasn't that she just happened to walk past Simon Peter's house and say, Oh, Jesus is in there. You know, I think I'll just pop in and, and just maybe anoint him. No. 
The act of anointing someone with fragrance in those times was not an unusual thing. It's unusual in our context, but in her context, it wasn't an unusual thing. Heads and even feet were often anointed. The value of what she brought was very intentional. She had to have known that Jesus was at this location at this time. This opportunity had come along and presented itself to her. And so she was intentional. She took her most expensive jar of perfume that she could bring and intentionally went to Jesus so that she could give her gift to him. And I just hope today that you are intentional, that you can't wait for the service to end, you know, so that you can go online and deposit your gift through online banking. Remember, no money or cash gifts are going to be brought uh, at all to the drive-by uh, this afternoon after this meeting for safety reasons. But right now, you're in a place, I pray, where you can't wait to get in your car so that you can get to the place where you hand in your prayer requests. The harvest that you're trusting God for is going to come to pass, I believe, after you intentionally bring your jar to Jesus. It was intentional, and I pray it will be intentional for you that, that this week, all week, You've been thinking and praying and having an expectation that has built up in your heart. And it's been uh, something that you, you say, you know, I'm intentionally going to give to God. It shouldn't be something that is, oh, you know, I'll just give God a, a little pour. I'll just give God a, a few drops to, to help God out. Can I tell you something? God doesn't need your help. And I'm not trying to be rude. I'm not trying to be offensive in any way. I just want you to get this into your thinking and, and so that you can have the right context of thinking. As we give, that we don't give in a place where we think, well, God needs my help. I'll help him out. Are you with me? You never, ever have enough to help God. You have never made enough money. You've never had an investment go so well. You've never had a business startup that has exploded so much. You've never got a contract or a commission that's paid you so much that God will look down at you and say, Whoo, if only I can get that. It would really help me. I mean, I can now finish by streets of gold. No. God is not after your help. He's after your heart. And when something has your heart, you are intentional about it. When something really grabs your heart, you think it through. You think about it. You take time out of your day to contemplate it. And she knew where she was going. She found out that Jesus was at Simon's house. And she said, you know, I've got to get to Simon's house because I've got a gift. I've got to get this to Jesus. It was intentional. And it was intentional in the expense because she knew the value of the recipient, that it was Jesus that was going to get the gift. And many believe that this was Mary, the sister of Lazarus. Mary, who had watched with her own eyes as Jesus had said, roll the stone away. Lazarus, come forth. And Lazarus came forth out of the grave. So she didn't just bring some little gift. She brought a very intentional gift to Jesus because she understood the recipient of the gift and that the recipient was so worthy of the gift. And I propose to you that there was a day in your life, if you've accepted Jesus, that he said, roll back the stone. Roll back the stone on your dead living. That he's called your name and called you out of the grave. 
Those grave clothes that you were walking and wandering around have come off of you. And he has set you free. He set you free from some things. He set you free from sin and the bondage of sin. And he's left your past behind you. In fact, John 8, 36 says, Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. So our gift should be intentional because the recipient of the gift is worthy of the offering. God doesn't need your money, but he uses the conduit of our resources to get our hearts because where your treasure is there is where your heart will be also, Matthew 6.21. So number one, it was an intentional gift, but also number two, her gift was sacrificial. It was sacrificial. It was worth over a year's wages. And I don't know about you, but I've never, ever done that. I've given some sacrificial gifts, and today I'm giving a sacrificial gift. But it's not a year's wages. I'd love to be in that place, but I haven't done that yet. But it was sacrificial. Not just because of the value of the gift that you brought, but the extent that you went to. Scholars tell us that the shape of the perfume bottle was round at the bottom, so it was round with a long, slender neck on it, and then there was a seal at the top. So she broke off the top of the neck to then pour the perfume out onto Jesus. And how many of you know that when you pour liquid out of a container, there's no getting it back? There was no plan B. She broke the slender neck and came with an intent of giving it all. And her all was all she had. You need to understand today, it's not about the size of the gift. It's about the size of the sacrifice. Your job isn't to give what somebody else can give. You give what God's called you to give, what you've determined in your heart. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 7. Listen to me. The Bible says you are not to give reluctantly or under compulsion. In other words, not because somebody is twisting your arm, not God, no. You've got to understand, God loves a cheerful giver, 2 Corinthians 9, 7. And so you determine in your heart what to give. And so it's when God speaks to you, you are to obey. God wants our obedience, not, oh, well, God, can I meet you halfway? No. I've learned sacrifice is you fully obeying what God has said. If you obey what God said to you, and I obey what God said to me, that's what sacrifice looks like. Her gift was sacrificial. Not only was her gift intentional and sacrificial, but her gift was extravagant. It was an extravagant gift. It was, extrav it was so extravagant that it bothered the people around her. Listen to what it says in verse 4. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another. In other words, they were gossiping about it. Nee, 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 nee. Why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. And they rebuked her harshly. So picture this. She's bringing this extravagant gift to Jesus. She's pouring it on him. And those around are beginning to rebuke her harshly. They're in that place. What do you think you're doing bringing this gift? Are you crazy giving this gift? It's too extravagant of a gift. And Jesus says this in verse 6. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. Can I tell you something? When you give today, 
You don't give to a church. You give through a church. And it's a beautiful thing to God. It's a beautiful thing. He says, she has done a beautiful thing to me. Verse 4. The poor you will always have with you. And you can help them anytime you want. In other words, what he's saying is here, is right here you have a window of opportunity. But you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare me for my burial. She prepared the body of Christ. And he said this in verse 9. Truly I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in memory of her. I just fulfilled that truth because I'm preaching the gospel and her story is being told still. It was excessive. Her gift was excessive. And there are three accounts in the gospel of this act. And one of the gospel gives us insight into who was the catalyst of rebuking her harshly. And it was Judas. And the Bible gives us insight into his heart. He said this about selling it and giving it to the poor, not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief and he had in his heart to take the money out of the bank and he didn't want to give it to the poor. He wanted to keep it for himself, John 12 verse 6. He didn't have a problem with her giving. He had a problem with her giving extravagantly. Listen to me. The enemy does not have a problem with you giving, but he does have a problem with you giving extravagantly because he understands this. You must get this. Paul wrote this. Get it in your heart. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And so the enemy has no problem with you sowing sparingly because he wants to keep you in a cycle of little seed, little harvest. Little seed, little harvest. Little seed, little harvest. Just surviving a Monday life, not fully alive, not living the abundant life that God has planned and purposed for you, not seeing any major breakthroughs in your life. Just keep sowing sparingly a little seed, giving God a tip for, for services that he may have rendered. The enemy does not want you sowing generously so that you'll get a generous harvest. That's why the trolls come out at this time on social media. The devil can't keep quiet. He has to say something because he wants to keep you in a cycle of little, not a cycle of abundance. He hates this message. And my God and my Bible says this in Ephesians 3.20. God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. The enemy doesn't have a problem with you giving to the miracle offering today. He just doesn't want you to give extravagantly. And that little voice in your head will come along and it will tell you, that's crazy. It doesn't make any sense. Are you really going to do that? You can't afford to do that. You don't have any accepts in your life. You only have nothing. It's just the voice of the enemy. He doesn't mind you giving, just like he doesn't mind you praying. He just doesn't want you to pray and believe. He doesn't mind you coming online. He just doesn't want you to get fully committed to church because the greatest threat to darkness is a believer that is fully alive. But sadly, the greatest threat to the kingdom of God is one who names the name of Christ, but is not fully engaged. 
a lukewarm Christian does more damage for the kingdom of God than any lost person ever has done. So the enemy doesn't mind you giving. Just don't give extravagantly. He doesn't mind you praying. Just don't pray with faith. He doesn't mind you coming onto online. Just don't enter into worship or the presence of God in your heart. He just doesn't want you to go all in and all out for him in any way. You know why? Because he's more convinced about God's word than some of us are. Because he knows if you sow extravagantly, God will return to you extravagantly. And I'm not talking amount. I'm talking sacrifice. I'm talking about taking a step of faith in a certain direction. And he knows if you pray in faith, God will respond to your faith and answer the prayer. He knows if you show up online and worship God in your heart, that the presence of God will fool you. And the peace of God that exceeds everything that we can understand will come upon us. So that anxiety no longer has a hold over us and on us. Because the peace of God is filling us. The peace of God can fill you. He doesn't mind if you're a bullet without gunpowder or dynamite without explosive. And so she was extravagant. She was extravagant. She broke her jaw. And my question to you is this. Will you break your jaw? Here's what I'm trusting for. And that is that the same thing will happen in your life as it did in that room. Because when she broke her jar and poured out her perfume, the aroma of her gift filled the house. And my question to you today is, will the aroma of your gift fill the house? Because not only will the aroma of the gift fill your house and fill our church house right now, but when you break your jaw, the aroma of your gift will find its way into villages in Africa where families and children are living without clean water. And not only will our gift supply them with clean water so that they won't have to drink diseased water, which will improve their health, but we will help build the church right beside that well. And not just meet the physical needs, but meet the deepest needs of their life. And that is a spiritual need. The death rate without a gift of a well is that three out of five babies will die before they're five year old. And I pray that the aroma of your gift will spread out. It will spread out and find its way into different places. I pray that the aroma of your gift will find its way out into a new church being planted in those villages where they've had no concept of Christ before. Pray that the aroma of your gift will put clothes on babies, that the aroma of your gift will equip mothers to look after their children. And as we break our jars as a church family, I'm praying that the aroma of our gift finds its way into the next generation where their homes are, are a mess and their futures are so uncertain so that they can find hope and forgiveness, love and acceptance at the stand camp. That as we break our jars today, we will rescue them from a life of hopelessness without Christ. So when you come to a place where you break your jar, where you give your gift, you're not just giving an offering. You're allowing the aroma of your sacrifice to fill your room, to fill our house, but to also fill the houses of many other people. There is a miracle for others in your gift. Just imagine, where will the aroma of your gift go? I believe your aroma will find its way to heaven and be a sweet-smelling sacrifice before the Lord, pleasing to him, Philippians 4.18. And that's what the Bible says. 
One last thing I want to show you. Not only did she bring an extravagant gift, a sacrificial gift, an intentional gift, but number three, her gift brought a legacy. Did you hear me? Her gift brought a legacy. Her gift is being talked about thousands of years later. Last week we celebrated our 24th birthday and it made me think about the handful of people that started the rock and how that their gifts are now being talked about today. How because they look beyond themselves because this season is about leading beyond ourselves. That there would be no church online if they had not given. There would be no online, there would be no cameras, there would be no internet service for us to pay for, there would be no uh, infrastructure to broadcast it into your homes right now, onto your device, wherever you are. No. There would be no Wellington campus. It would not exist. We wouldn't exist if there hadn't been some people who were willing to break their jars and just be faithful throughout the years without entitlement. No. They didn't come to that place, oh, I've done enough, I've done my part, I've given, oh, just grab money. No, no, no. And I just wonder if in this moment, if you're willing to look beyond yourself, down the road, but look down the road maybe 15 years from now, how many thousands of people's lives would have been touched because you were willing in this moment to go online and bring your jar and break it? And will the aroma spread? Yes, I believe that aroma will spread around the world. I believe it will. Because I believe the best is yet to come. Not only am I thinking about how they gave, but I think of some of the stories of how God has been so faithful to them. I've seen so many lives changed. I've seen so many miracles over the years. I've seen marriages impact, people set free from addictions, single moms finding a home and, and a place where they can raise their kids. I've seen so many prayers answered as I've pastored this church. I've seen barren couples fall pregnant. I've seen the unployable get jobs, the irreconcilable reconcile. I've seen miracle upon miracle. Now for those of you who have just joined us online, and the rock is not your home, then I challenge you to find somewhere that you can sow into the vision so that others can live somewhere wherever you are. This is our The Rock once a year offering over and above our regular tithes and offerings. And we do this, as I said, once a year with expectation for our future and the future of those that we invest into. And God told Jan and I years ago that if we build his house, he would build our house. And he has been so, so incredibly faithful to us. Both my boys and their wives serve God in the house. And for me, there is no greater reward, no greater reward than that. And I'm just telling you the faithfulness of God is not just giving an offering. It's not by, by giving to get, oh, I'll give to get. No, no, no. Understand, I'm not a prosperity preacher, but I am a blessing preacher. And I believe that God is faithful. He's faithful to do what God says he will do. And the Bible tells me in Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the plans I have for you. That's you. God's got plans for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, you, and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. He's worthy of our best. 
Let's give an intentional gift today, a sacrificial gift, an extravagant gift, and trust that it brings a legacy so that others may live. In closing, my question to you is, before you bring your gift to God, have you given yourself to God? It doesn't help if you bring a gift, but you've never personally brought yourself to Him. And if you haven't given yourself to Jesus, I want to give you an opportunity to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. You know who you are because the Spirit of God is speaking to your spirit right now. And if you say, yes, that's me. I need God in my life. I need God in my heart. Then just pray this simple prayer with me. It's so simple. But just repeat these words wherever you are right now. And it goes like this. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I believe you died and rose from the dead. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and my Savior. <laughs> if you've just prayed that simple prayer, we believe that you've just got what the Bible says, born again. In other words, your spirit has come alive. You have started a new journey. You have a new beginning and you have an incredible future ahead of you. And so I'm excited about what lies ahead for you. I'm so excited for all of us about what lies ahead as we get ready to reap a harvest because we've sown into our future. These are truly exciting times for the church. I want to challenge you, don't miss next Sunday. It's going to be life-changing. Stay focused on the promises of God. And until we meet again, share hope, show kindness, and shine Jesus.